Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I absolutely love Babbel because their courses help me learn real-life conversational skills. It's so easy to learn how to order food, ask for directions, speak to the locals without having to consult language apps. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time offer for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com SPP. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com SPP. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com SPP. Rules and restrictions may apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that. As a man, I, just, I don't get it. Welcome to Hello, welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy your curious mind. I'm Chris Stemp. Thanks so much for joining us today. Today, we're talking about uh, a topic that we're all fairly familiar with. It's been dominating the news for over a year now. It's been really brought into the forefront by the Occupy Wall Street movement and the idea of the 1%. We're talking about income inequality. And finally, we have two folks on the show today that are proposing a solution. And after listening to this episode, I got to admit, I like what they have to say. And they've even changed my views a little bit. My views have been changing over time, as I mentioned, but this whole idea of corporate taxation, there's just so much wrong with it. And it's more than just tax loopholes. It's more than just raising the, the corporate rate, which for a while made sense to me. Until I realized what it actually means to run a small business. You know, small business can, sure, it can be millions of dollars and you think, oh, they got plenty of money. But it can also be, you know, tens of thousands or maybe a couple, you know, in the six figures. And after you're trying to pay staff and help, I don't need to go into it. But the point is, there's a lot of nuances. And I'm happy to bring on the show today two very smart gentlemen who are proposing a solution that they call the third way. The first way being capitalism, the second way being socialism, both of which have their strengths and weaknesses, the third way being inclusive capitalism. 
So on the show today, we have Upendra Shivukula and Veni Musum. Man, those were not easy names, and I'm not even positive I got them correct, even though I asked them. Just for some background, Upendra was nominated by Governor Chris Christie as commissioner to the New Jersey Board of Public Utilities. Prior to that, he served as the deputy speaker of the New Jersey Assembly and represented the 17th Legislative District. He holds a master's degree in electronic engineering and is one of the New Jersey legislative's leading experts on science and technology. Venny began work in corporate America as district manager for Clairol. He moved on to Paul Mitchell and quickly rose to become senior vice president. He's a successful real estate and equity investor, and he learned firsthand the importance of capital and cash flow producing assets. Another thing that's interesting is Venny is a Republican, Upendra is a Democrat. What they're proposing is pretty much a bipartisan effort. The book is called The Third Way, Economic Reform or Social Revolution, The Solution to Income Inequality. And the key here is building inclusive capitalism through employee ownership. I don't need to get into much more because we talk about it in the interview. So I'm going to get into the interview. Guys, we're, we're getting active on Twitter. So if you're over there, we're at Smart People Pod. Let us know what you think. Reach out. We love hearing from you. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter at smartpeoplepodcast.com. And as always, at this time of year, happy holidays, safe travels, and enjoy. So it's I love having two guests on at the same time. It, it We've done it a few times in the past, and it always provides for a new dynamic. So appreciate you both being on. And I really want to jump in because I want to spend the kind of entire episode on this subject, given how complex it is, how new and different it is. And in the little bit that I know thus far, uh, it, it seems like a really good solution. So if you guys could give us a brief and then we'll, we'll go in each section, a brief overview of what you mean by, you know, the third way, what is inclusive capitalism? Okay, great point. Um yeah, the reason we, we wrote the book in the first place is because what's happening both domestically and internationally is not working. That, I think, is pretty obvious to everyone. The level of discontent um, bordering on unrest is, uh, is rising dramatically. Um, and the third way really is this – it breaks down the two extremes. One of the logos in the book says um, capitalism is, is, uh, works but isn't fair. Socialism works in theory, but it doesn't work. So – Capitalism isn't fair. Socialism doesn't work. This is the third way. What about communism? Uh, well, communism really is 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 the ultimate ex- end of of the socialist. Yeah, communism has failed. Yeah. So okay, so you're saying that the two that have that could or have sort of worked, being capitalism and socialism, but the next one, the 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 best newest is this third way. Right. right. Okay. In America, you have capitalism. And in Europe, uh, many other countries, you have socialism and uh, the number of financial problems, a lot of things that are going on. And, um, you know, I think the key here is that the, what is the problem? The problem is that over the past three or four decades, the U.S. economy has grown mm-hmm. and the real work earnings of the workers has not gone up. And um, how is that we're going to engage the uh, real workers, uh, regular workers to be part of this growing economy. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the third way is all about. Actually, that's a really great way of putting it to just succinctly say it's look, if we're talking about 
capitalism specifically, we're talking about it in the United States, the largest economy in the world, you know, most prosperous. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But it is working in a sense in that the economy is growing. However, for most people, their wages, their their the value of the money they have right. is either the same or declining. And that's yeah. a problem. That's that's so, the problem okay. we're solving, right? Yeah, the uh, you know it benefits those in upper ten percent uh, of the earnings, and the bulk of the earnings go to the ten percent of primarily those in the upper one percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Chris, let me just say right off the bat, in our book, the Third Way book, millionaires and billionaires already know what's in this book. They know it. <laughs> uh, the real growth is on the capital side of the equation. Some, some great uh, pieces of, of information that are on our website, which is the thethirdwaybook.com, shows, uh, for example, uh, the CBO. Uh, of the last couple decades, the top 1% income has grown over 275%, while the lower, the, the bottom 80% has been stagnant, if not declining. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that – there was another study done by Brookings that showed um, – recently that for the top 20% uh, of earners, 86% of their income was coming from capital, wealth, and capital income. So that, you know, my math tells me that 14% is left for everybody else, the other 80%. So it's really pretty clear that the real growth, the, the reason that this disparity is happening is because of the capital side, the capital growth. Is, and most people don't even know what that is. I was going to say, if you could explain what you mean by capital wealth, capital income. Okay. Um, uh, the first thing you have to know, and this is, I'm glad we have the time to explain this. Sure. There's 10, if people understand what capital is, capital is 10 things. Capital is anything that increases the productive power of labor. We should etch that in stone. Capital is anything that increases the productive power of labor. What that means is, Anything beyond your, your muscle and sinew and your, your physical labor, everything else that's a tool. Um, for example, a, a great analogy is a carpenter with a hammer is a capitalist because he has a tool. Hmm. A carpenter with a hammer gun is an ultra-capitalist. A carpenter with a crew of people that are working with power tools are mega-capitalists. And a carpenter with a team that shares the wealth they produce with those tools is, is a saint. <laughs> so, so people that hate capitalism, it's because they don't, they, they, what they hate is the fact that the people that are owning the, this productive power, it's not owned by the masses of people, it's owned by a smaller and smaller share. And that is a very, very bad thing because technology is, and I hope we, hope we can get into that, technology is driving this big disparity in wealth. I think one other point I would like to make, uh, Chris, is that, uh, you know, the old-fashioned way is, you know, go to work, work for eight hours a day, and uh, your wages keep increasing, and you make some money. But if you have you have taken that money, and you have saved the money and invested in the stock market or some kind of uh, equity increasing, uh, uh, that, would, uh, that is your capital, you know, whether it's real estate, whether it's... Uh, you know, options, whatever it might be, that 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 is your capital, and that capital grows. Uh, it doesn't work only eight hours a day. It mm-hmm. works twenty-four hours and uh, seven days a week, and uh, all through the year. Right. I mm-hmm. think that's the key. And uh, a lot of the workers, uh, their even their wages are stagnant, and even if they had wages increasing, they're not going to increase at the same rate 
as the capital growth. If you look at the stock market, how it has grown, and uh, not everybody has uh, stocks. And uh, people are some people are fortunate about uh, well, 10,000 people are fortunate to be working for companies that are uh, giving uh, 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 10,000 companies, I guess they are giving uh, capital uh, sh ownership and sharing, mm -hmm. and that's what is helping them. Right, right, right. Yeah, the, the, the statistic is uh, they're now, uh, which is shocking, but most people don't realize this, there's a quiet revolution going on, Chris, that people are not aware of. Um, as Yupender just mentioned, there's over 10,000 companies doing this now, where workers get a piece of shared equity. And, and, and recently, uh, as of two years ago, um, there's nearly 15 million people participating in this, which just passed the amount of people in private unions. So the union membership is, is going down pretty dramatically, while the amount of people that are getting uh, equity in, the, in their business is rising. But we'd like to get that, that amount with intelligent public policy from 15 million to 150 million. You would literally permanently solve the income inequality problem and everybody wins. The workers win, the companies win, and, and the society wins. Um, every one of those uh, segments wins because the workers now share in that capital wealth. The companies, um, there's a great book out called um, Shared Capitalism that shows, it's based on over 100 years of data that shows virtually every metric, every business metric, and I was a business person, whether it's profits or sales or, or, or uh, morale or absenteeism, everything, everything you want to go up goes up. Everything you want to go, that you don't want to go up doesn't. So it's a win-win for the company. The company's not 100%. But generally, it's, 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 it works very, very well for the company. Uh, and lastly, and probably really importantly, is society in general wins because now you, if you have people having their own wealth, you don't have to have this redistribution model, which is the socialistic and the, you know, the real extreme version, the communistic version where the state owns everything. We want the people to, you know, one of our sayings is, you know, the old saying, power to the people, um, power to the people, put the money back in the hands of the people, but not through the government through private industry and everyone right. goes wow what a great idea why are we doing this why are we doing this and and and, and i often say is we give lectures in, in the colleges and universities and and the students are like you know especially the young people are like this is this is great and i say listen don't be mad at your elected official uh because sadly they don't know the solution because they don't even understand the problem. Right. And well, here's the thing. I want to actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to get to this solution. But first, I really want to outline this problem because a lot of people, I think, can hear this or read whatever we write up about it and go, yeah, yeah, we know income inequality uh, is bad. And that's what, you know, Occupy Wall Street. Everybody knows it's the top Huge one. Issue. Huge yeah, issue. top one percent. Awful. OK, we get that. But it's. It's more than that, and I really want to talk about first, we are, let's go into the technology thing, for example. Yeah. So the way, it's it's obvious that if we stay on this path, at least it seems obvious to me, and tell me if I'm wrong, if we, oh, stay, yeah. if we stay on this path, people that can acquire resources, resources doing more of the the resources you can acquire are able to do more things. Call it technology, computers, machines, whatever. And yeah. so those people produce more, need less labor, and eventually this is going to continue due to technology, right? Previously, you needed manual labor. You almost don't need it anymore. Well, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. I just want to say that, you know, 
uh, we start with the problem. Uh, our founding fathers understood the importance of broad-based ownership. Uh, for example, uh, President John Adams, Adams uh, said that property monopolized or in, in the possession of a few is a curse to mankind. We should preserve not absolute equality that is, un, that is unnecessary, but preserve all from extreme poverty and all others from extravagant riches. I think that's what uh, President Adams said. Yes, I yeah. think that's what uh, the third way you know, addresses that issue of the gap that is uh, ever increasing gap that is growing between the uh, rich and the poor. And also uh, for a strong democracy to be strong, you need a very strong middle class. And if your middle class is becoming uh, going in economic uh, way, they're going, going poor, then it, it makes it tough and uh, there's all this unrest, whether it's uh, Occupy Wall Street or whatever Baltimore. it is, or the crime rates yeah. and uh, people are, uh, uh, they're looking for opportunity, access to opportunity and they're uh, left behind. I think that's the, that's the problem. We need to address that. And uh, we believe that uh, uh, ownership, creating an ownership society would address uh, most of those problems. Your pender brings up a really, really important point. This is not a new concept. The founding fathers, uh, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Adams, the first four presidents, if you, will, if you go on our website, thethirdwaybook.com, you will see the quotes directly from those, our first four presidents. They understood that, they understood they wanted three things. Let's be clear. They wanted low taxes, limited government, and broad-based property ownership. We have to understand, and I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, the Republican, my friend, my colleague, my co-author is the Democrat. But I, to all my Republican friends out there, you have to understand something. If you didn't have the third one, if you don't have broad-based property ownership, by definition, you have to have the other two. Because if people don't have property, they, you have to have high taxes, uh, and, and you have to have a big government to redistribute wealth, which is the socialistic model. So my, my, my conservative colleagues need to understand if we don't solve this problem and, and, and bring more wealth in the form of capital and property. Now, in, in our Founders Day, it was all based on land. It was an agrarian economy. But they understood people needed to have enough, enough property to, for subsistence. Now, fast forward, Abraham Lincoln and the Homestead Act. The Homestead Act was a brilliant move done by one, another, one of our great, if not our greatest president. The Homestead Act basically gave people capital. It gave them 160 acres of land. Uh, for free, for nothing, just by um, if they'd go and work the land and stay in the land for a few years. Uh, and, and, and one of our, uh, I'll, I'll give you a name out of history that I guarantee you, uh, I'd be shocked if, if, if any of your people hmm. do the name Galicia A. Grow. No Who idea. Who was Galicia A. Grow? <laughs> no <Right>? idea. <laughs> no idea, right? Well, to all my Republican friends, he happened to have been the father of the Republican Party. And he was the speaker of the of the House of Representatives under Abraham Lincoln. OK. And in his last speech to Congress, he said, based on the Homestead Act, in, in I'll paraphrase, in the future, we will not be able to to solve the property, uh, broad based property ownership through land because there's only a limited amount of land in the future. We will have to do it through shares of corporations. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Well it's a, that quote is right on our website. Well, so don't let any Republican or any conservative tell you that this is not a it, it's both a, it's 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 an idea that works for both 
conservatives, Democrats, Republicans, liberals, everybody. This is an idea steeped in history. And Appender is absolutely right about that, bringing up our founding fathers. I want to talk about the founding fathers in a minute here. But one thing I have to point out is, as you mentioned, kind of property, property ownership. I think about what happened. I believe it was under Clinton, I think, in the 90s. You know, let's have everybody own houses. And that directly led to the real estate boom and then bust, which was a massive problem. So what is the difference between owning property the right way and then doing it in a way where, hey, look, everyone should have a house. And now we've created our own problem. Yeah, stupid, stupid idea, because let, let's, a house is not an asset. A, ha- a house is not an income producing asset. But how does that differentiate? I- I'm trying to d- how is it not property? I guess is no, I, I think in the case of uh, under uh, Clinton uh, administration, I think they gave out. Uh, they they actually uh, loosened all the credit requirements, and then they gave to people who who could uh, hardly pay the mortgage payments. I think that was a, a mistake, as we realized later on, that led to the uh, foreclosures and all mm-hmm. those things. Right. I think that what we are saying is that uh, let's say I work for a company, and in addition to the wages I get paid, I also should have a piece of that company, mm-hmm. uh, so that way. I have a stake in that company and the company's growth and future. And uh, what, it, what it does is it helps the employee to get part of the uh, company so that way the employee works harder to make the company better. And also when uh, the company does well, uh, the top uh, management, they are also doing very well and the company grows. Right. And uh, there is no need to uh, lay off people who are working so hard. Mm-hmm. And so I think the productivity in a global economy is very critical and uh, worker participation yes. and uh, through uh, ownership of the company, I think it is going to make American companies uh, competitive globally. I think right. that's the message. Well, yes. and, and I, I, I get that. And that is the solution, which we're going to talk about. I was just trying to make, because I, I assume there is a, a nuance that I want to clarify, which when we talk about property, we're not actually talking about physical, say, land or real estate in this sense, because. Well, well, well yeah, no, no, real, real estate, but let's, let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear, Chris. In the information age, let's here's a very bright line. It's another thing that needs to be etched in stone. In the information age, which you just spoke of, you simply cannot get ahead on wages alone. You must acquire technologically driven, income-producing capital, regardless of its form, whether it's real estate, stocks, bonds, whatever. Um, and basically, when you, when you own a stock, you own a piece of a business. So, and we own real estate, income-producing real estate. Um, I, we, we had one of our colleagues, uh, Professor Blasey, distinguished professor from Rutgers. He was on Fox Business. And um, here's someone, one of the, I won't mention, embarrassed the person that was one of the hosts of, the, of Fox Business, a very well-known host. He said, well, everyone that owns a house, they have, they have uh, owned property. Uh, yeah, but he forgot to tell you, and we looked it up. You know how many people that were in some game shows that actually won a house that eventually had to give the house up? Yeah, due to real estate taxes, I've heard about that. Because they couldn't afford it. Because he, now here's someone that here's someone and you know, um, and Professor Blasey was too, was too uh, polite. But here's someone that's on a major uh, business channel that's giving out bad advice, erroneous advice, just because you own a house. I don't know about you, Chris, 
But unless that house is is grow is 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 has a tremendous capital appreciation and, and growing real estate market, most of the time that is a net negative to your income. It's not a net positive. You have you have you have you know a whole range of things where it costs you money. So just owning a house that is not necessarily an income producing property. I own income producing real estate, uh, and and that is that is a that's what you you want to go towards that. Or stocks, or bonds, or something that has that has either a capital that is going to grow. So that's right. amazing that someone on, on a major a major network um, would would give out bad information. Uh, your, your your residence, your domicile, is not necessarily uh, a place where you're going to count on for for your income. That that's great, and I appreciate you uh, mentioning that. And I do want to kind of, we've touched on it, obviously, the listeners now know the kind of theory that you're putting forth or the solution with the third way in having ownership, having the workers have ownership in the companies. Yes. And so I first want to, to, to go to this point where, well, let's do this. I'll have you, you want to spell it out further. Is there more that you want to talk about in the specifics? Yes. Because I think that's important. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about the plan. You want, you want to, all right. Um, first of all, let's we uh, the, the real low hanging fruit, which everyone talks about, is our corporate uh, corporate tax rate, which is the highest in the world. It's an abomination. It is a convoluted uh, mess of interest groups and 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 uh, companies that that uh, at thirty five percent, it's a discouragement to 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 business. And most of the time, let's face it, a, a business even if they they try to either avoid the tax, and if they pay the tax, the tax is passed along to the consumer. So the business doesn't ne actually pay. People don't realize that the business doesn't really pay the taxes. It's paid. We, we consumers pay it in the form of high prices and, and things of that nature. So almost everyone on the Republican side is talking about um, cutting the corporate tax rate. We agree. However, and here's and this is a, a hardcore Republican, and I'll challenge anybody. Uh, I would say not one dime would I give in tax relief unless it's shared with the workers. Otherwise, it's just another stop and it's going to make the income inequality problem worse. Yes, we need to cut the corporate tax rate. We advocate cutting the corporate tax rate by 50 percent. All right. Uh, if it's shared in the form of a tax credit to the workers. And in one of our most dramatic proposals, we have three points. The second thing is. In the inner cities, in the urban and rural enterprise zones, cut it to zero. And if you grant those that, that those tax credits to workers that live in those areas, can you imagine, Chris, what that would do to our inner cities? Now, I right, reside in, a, in in suburbia. It's a, one of the nicest communities in the country, Burnage Township, Basking Ridge. But I grew up in the in the tough, hard streets of Newark, New Jersey. So I understand the hood. I understand what's going on. I also understand that we 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 pump not millions but billions and billions of dollars into into inner cities in Newark alone. All right, public money. What it needs is private investment, private money. So cutting that corporate tax rate would bring in private revenue, and more importantly, imagine what that would do. I get goosebumps just talking about this. What it would do for the culture of the citizens and young people living in those areas where they could now own a piece of those companies. Now, let me tell you something. You're not going to you're not going to spray paint a building that you own and you ain't going to let your homeboys do it either. It makes sense. But now what about this? Let's talk about because I like, you know, seeing it 
capitalism that you guys are calling it inclusive capitalism and yeah. from as much as i know capitalism by itself by its nature is not inclusive right it's kind of the survival of the fittest if you will right. so right. if i'm an investor in a company and you say hey we have 10 million dollars here we can either pay it out in dividends we can do stuff to grow the company further but whatever it is or we can um give it to our employees i think a lot of sh the short-sightedness or the quarter to quarter you know, stock price things that we manipulate 10 times out of 10 shareholders are going to say, no, 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 don't give it to employees. They're, they're fine. They're making a livable wage at $60,000 or whatever, something kind of ridiculous, but give it to me or get, you know, how do we change that mindset or am I wrong in that? Well, I, I think the key, key here is that when you look at some of the corporation that have been giving uh, ESOPs, uh, uh, employee stock ownership uh, plans that is under the federal legislation, uh, like, for example, I uh, worked for AT&T and we had a 401k plan at the time uh, I was working and uh, uh, was a match for every dollar I put uh, the uh, for every three dollars, uh, two dollars I put the company was putting three dollars, something like that. And 66 percent match. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what happened that was able to allow me to retire at the age of 48. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are talking about. And also. When you look at the, these are large corporations and the publicly traded. But one of the legislations I proposed when I was a legislator, well, at the state level, also we could do the similar thing: give 30% tax credits uh, to uh, companies which have, uh, which are privately held and under 500 employees, small businesses, mom and pop shops on Main Street. And they, when they are trying to sell their companies and uh, if you give them the 30% uh, you know, tax credit, they can uh, use that to uh, sell the companies locally rather than sell it to uh, other states. And so that way you can retain the local employment. I think that's the key. I think uh, at the state level, you can do that. Federal level, you have the ESOPs, making sure that we do the funding, proper funding, adequate funding for the ESOPs, so that way the federal program continues. And also, the uh, state of Iowa introduced a legislation, and it became law, uh, trying to give our tax credits to small businesses, so that way they small businesses share uh, their uh, uh, co the company shares with the employees. I think that's the key. I yes. think uh, one of the ways you can address the unemployment issue is that you create more and more employee-owned uh, companies so that way there will be uh, less unemployment. Yes, yes. Chris, if you have intelligent public policy, if you have intelligent public policy, it's not a zero-sum game. Because now, if you, if you follow our plan and you, you give those tax credits, uh, then it's it's not. I've I've talked to lots of business people, and they say absolutely. I would I would share with my employees if I didn't have to. I have two choice. Uh, give me two choices: send the money down to you know down to Washington, or share with your employees. Hundred percent of the time, they say they'd rather share with the employees. Now, even without that, let's remember big like Microsoft, uh, Apple, Google. Virtually all of Silicon Valley was built. With employee ownership and 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 ESOP ESOP money because that's how they attracted attracted the best and the brightest. But then you have older line companies like Procter and Gamble's been doing this for years. General Motors, as we know, U, uh, UPS, Amazon, uh, uh, supermarkets like Publix, uh, the, one of the biggest in in the south in the southeast. Uh, uh, Whole Foods. These these this is happening uh, with with large, medium, and small sized companies because it's good for business. But can you imagine if you couple that? 
with these 10,000 companies that are already doing it with, with if, 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 you know, hello, if we got our, our, our elected officials to understand how, how what a great idea this is. Um, and by the way, we're not we're not waiting for them. That's what we're going to the media, because if the people understand this, they're going to demand that mm. they will literally vote. Uh, and that's why this is a bipartisan book. Well, I've had people that are hardcore Republicans and hardcore Democrats say, I would literally vote for the other party that I've never voted for before on this one issue alone. It's that powerful. And just to clarify, because I don't know if we spelled it out, but for those that don't know, ESOP, meaning Employee Stock Ownership Plan. Exactly. And- That's exactly it. And it goes under a lot of names. There's about a dozen different ways you can express it. You can call it economic democracy, um, in, uh, broad-based property ownership, uh, ESOPs. There's, there's many, many ways that, that the idea is expressed. Basically, it's a way of, 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 of spreading uh, uh, capital, spreading capital to the middle and lower classes. Let, I, I'll say it again. The billionaires and millionaires all know what's in our book. Let me tell does anyone think that Donald Trump is punching a clock, people? Okay. <laughs> right? He has real estate. He has businesses that are that are printing money every single day. Wake up. You know what? I mean, the demand that they get in on they they get in on this. There's so there's so many uh, kind of stories here that have had direct implications in my life and not to make this about me, but I think it highlights what you're talking about. So one is my dad comes from a family. He had eight siblings. Uh, They had a two bedroom place growing up legitimately poor in the suburbs of New York. Um, One working parent who did construction. Okay, they were legit poor he went to the air force he he's a pilot now he works for fedex he's worked for fedex for i don't know 20 25 years mm-hmm. he's a millionaire i mean not super millionaire but multi-millionaire right got a couple million bucks um owns uh, two houses um had three for the, the point is by, by no he has never made more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year which is yep. is a good amount of money but yeah. that's the max and even that has been for maybe the past five ten years mm-hmm. the reason he has plenty of money and will forever is he has a retirement pension he will make a, a decent amount of money forever from fedex that is yep. already funded through their pension plan yes and I look at him and I go, look, you've put in decades of hard work, you know, in the Air Force and all that, but yeah. I will never have that luxury. And I yes. get a little frustrated. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And and listen, let me tell you something, Chris, I don't know how old you are, but uh, when you when we speak to here, here's what's happening is the, the, the young people we see in the colleges and universities, they are desperate for this idea. I mean, they they they, they bought the hope and change, you know, the great slogans. And now we got. Uh, you know, the re- people I was asked on media the other day about the Republicans, you know, a lot of great slogans and, and hot air, quite frankly. Where are the po- where is the policies? Uh, this issue, by the way, that we're talking about was poll tested and the poll polling came back at, at 70, 80, 90 percent off the chart. You can't get people to agree on what day it is. But when you when you put an idea like inclusive capitalism in front of them and sharing the wealth, young people are, are, are fired up about this. And let me talk to anyone that's an older person. You want to do the biggest favor to, to, to a person in your life, a middle, middle age or young person, when you get them the third way book, uh, you will show them the most fundamental thing they have to do to survive and thrive. This will be handed down literally from generation to generation. It's the most important thing that, that people can do for themselves and for their families. What we like to say is 
save the country, save the world, save yourself. Learn what's in this book. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by the online education gurus over at Creative Live. Creative Live offers great online classes that help people enhance or dig into new skills like photography, design, music production, and business savvy. You can watch classes in their massive online catalog. There's always something streaming for free and learn from the best. Experts like Lewis Howes, Ryan Holiday, and Alex Bloomberg will show you how to hone your creative skills and be the best at doing what you love. Go to creativelive.com slash smart people for 20% off any of Creative Live's classes. Join millions of students from around the world and make your living doing what you love. Again, that's creativelive.com slash smart people for 20% off. And now back to the episode. Well, you know what else is interesting is, so I'm, I'm a Democrat. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that, but I, it's not, I don't just associate with the party. If there was a great Republican that I believe in, that's fine. I'd vote for him. It's really all about policy. And so um, I've always looked at corporations as evil just because that's kind of, I'm a millennial and you know, all that. Okay. Sure. Um, Or companies in general for profits. So uh, then we created this podcast for fun. And it started making money, not a ton of money, but a decent amount. And we yep. have to start paying taxes and at a, at a basically a 30 percent rate. Yep. Um, we don't have the ability to get out of our taxes or anything like that. Right. Because yep. we don't make a lot of money. So we made the most money this past year. We want to grow the show. We want to provide a better service. We want to do uh, Internet, you know, web based content. We want to do uh, YouTube content, et cetera. And we were thinking, man, it'd be great to hire one or two people, maybe part time, maybe um, from another country. Right. We'd use something like Odesk or Elance or whatever. And, you know, somebody in India or, you know, to to lift this global economy up. The problem is we literally cannot afford it. When you take our expenses and our taxes, it is what comes to us, if you will, is almost nothing. And that's when I realized Man, we work for five years to turn this into a tiny business, and we are going to pay the vast majority in yeah. taxes. Yes, it's while, crazy. While corporations are paying zero, yes. minimal taxes yes. because they have very good accountants and good lawyers. Exactly, and they're able to get away with that. Right. So, how do we? What, what's the solution there? Like, I like tell me about how the third way solves this problem that I am directly seeing. Well, let me tell you straight straight out, uh, Chris. Once this this idea, and we we hit it at the, at precisely the, the perfect time. If this idea gets out and gets into the mainstream at the election, this would literally decide the next president of the United States. No question about it. The idea is that powerful because people people literally are are desperate for real hope, real change, not sloganeering. And this is this is something that would help businesses. Um, it would help help the employees and help the economy in general because it's just common sense you're just going to you're going to give more of your effort to something that you that you belong to and believe in and the corporation wins because we're cutting their we're cutting their tax rate uh let me give you one other thing that uh you talk about really stupid public policy which is the third leg of our of our proposal it's in our it's on our website the thirdwaybook.com we're we calling for a reinstitution of the 50% income exclusion for banks that make loans to companies that were doing this. Do you know this was on the books and both uh, 
Bush 41 and the Clinton administration 50-50. One took half of it out. The other one took the other half out and destroyed that. You talk about one of the dumbest things ever in the history of, of, of political theory or political policy was they took that away. And, and at the time, almost every company was beginning to form uh, a, a office in their in their uh, in their business to begin to explore this idea and put these into place. That would have literally solved all this problem. But but it was Dan Rustenkowski, the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee, who eventually went to jail, by the way, uh, for stealing postage stamps. I mean, this is the kind of people that are running our country. Um, he he abolished that idea. And, and 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 the mud is on the hands of both the former Clinton administration and the Bush administration. They wiped this out. This 50 percent in- income exclusion to help banks make these loans to companies so they can give this stock away. That needs to be reinstituted. So yeah. cut the corporate tax rate 50 percent, 100 percent in the enterprise zones. Bring back that income exclusion and you would change the dynamic of public policy in this country for workers, peoples and companies. For example, Chris, if you like the banks give you a loan and then they get 50% off, and I think uh, you will be able to take that money uh, to hire the people and uh, share uh, your company right. uh, shares with the employees, and that's that, that's a path for you to grow as a company. Yeah, exactly. So for the non-economists, or you know, really most of us out here, explain how this could actually work in terms of because the fear, as you mentioned earlier, is we cut corporate taxes and knowing corporations, right? In in capitalism, their job, their pretty much sole job is to increase shareholder value. Right. So if you cut taxes, the most direct thing that make that you know would make sense in our current environment is to somehow just give that money to shareholders, essentially. Yeah. Well, I think if you make, if you make the employees, the shareholders also, and uh, then of course they will also get the mm. benefits. Int- okay. Yep. I never thought about it like that, even yeah. though that is by definition. The what idea, it, idea behind the book is that make the employees uh, part owners of the company, right. not just the top management, but also the, all levels of employees should be part of the company. Yes, and and a pender point of another point, we, we we should not let this go by. Cut out the loopholes. Do you know GE, one of the biggest companies in, in the country, paid almost no taxes? Oh yeah. Well, people hear that all the time. That's the headline. So yeah, I mean, essentially, we're saying okay, cut corporate tax loopholes, lower corporate taxes, and then somehow force them to like. Don't wh- force, no, 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 no. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Yeah, because because then you'll get my Republican friends all up in arms okay it's it's a voluntary program and that's what they right away they're going to sit there and i've seen this i've seen this when 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 this idea starts to percolate up right away they go oh you're going to force corporate. no wait this but how can you cut how, how can you cut corporate taxes and then say hey if you want to give it to employees go ahead they're going to say no screw you i'm going to take it for I myself think- i'm going to make ceos get paid a thousand times more than just 200 you know what i mean no, no, I think the cre- here is that not mandating them, but creating the incentives for the corporation and incentives. making sure that the money, the tax money that you are giving, tax breaks that you are giving is uh, passed on to the employee owners. Ah, I, I got you. Key. So so it's not that. So is it that you would lower corporate tax rate or is it that you would make it the same, but say you get a tax break if and only if it goes to the employees? Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Now, listen. Our proposal is bold. There's no doubt about it. Um, 
we're we're saying we're we're advocating dollar for dollar um, in, in in the tax credit. Uh, listen, when it gets when it got into ways and means, if they said okay, uh, we would we would do this if we, if you got two dollars of, of 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 a tax credit for one dollar of of uh, uh, shares to 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 an employee. I mean that could all be negotiated out. And by the way, Pendra is a uh, is a genius, is a legislative genius. He has how many laws? 70, yeah. seven more than 70 laws. <laughs> he knows, he, you know, he, he knows how, how to bring compromise. The state government. Yeah. The state. Federal, government. federal government is a mystery to everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Pender, Pender is a very, very, very wise man and wise uh, politician. And I'm honored that he's my, my co-author. We could find, uh, you know, a compromise to bring that. But the main thing is to keep the, the genesis of the idea, the, the main part of the idea is yes you know share property and the best way to do it is with shares of corporations and the the low-hanging fruit is this obvious really dumb way of trying to raise revenue through the highest corporate tax rate in the world that is a really stupid uh but and you're hearing a lot about it but again not one dime if i was i would unless it's shared with workers so now how about this um we lower corporate tax rates, so essentially the government is collecting less taxes, which means, I mean, at its core, right, smaller government, which is fine. No, I, I don't. Well, well, not necessarily, not necessarily, because remember, remember, don't, please don't forget, we are cut. We, we advocate cutting out the loopholes. Also, um, in in those when those shares are granted, you know, the now the employees a portion that you know they have income now they have that they, that some of that is paid by the employees. So there's a lot of ways to. To, to work this through, that it's really a, a, a neutral, a net neutral. There's really no loss of revenue. Plus, and a lot of uh, uh, presidential candidates have been saying this, if you do cut that corporate, don't forget, growth. You're going to make up a lot of that ground in growth. They are talking about that. So there's no doubt about it. If you lower those 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 uh, corporate tax rates, first of all, you're going to stop having all these companies uh, – headquartered overseas what do you think is happening we're literally driving companies that's pretty obvious we're driving corporate corporations and their headquarters overseas because we have a worldwide system instead of a territorial corporate tax system um so you literally punish someone for having their corporation headquartered in the united states again a really stupid idea yeah so yes we want to we want to have corporations um you know headquartered here mm-hmm. uh but you know if you put the whole uh mix together it should result in, in in increased growth, and that should also make up for. There really should be no loss of revenue. One of the interesting things about the uh, idea here is that uh, uh, President Ronald Reagan, who is respected by so many, he supported that, and he was an advocate for employee ownership. Mm-hmm. Also, currently, the presidential candidate Bernie Sanders, yes, he's also one of the. Uh, speeches at the ESOP convention. We talked about mm-hmm. how why it is important that employees should be part of the uh, company so that way the uh, the, uh, the disparity will uh, decrease. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that, Chris? Chris, if you go on our website, thethirdwaybook.com, with the number three, the letter, the number three, you will literally see we have the archive footage of both President Ronald Reagan, Republican, and socialist democrat bernie sanders both giving speeches and they're almost identical they're both advocating this idea it's amazing on this one issue on this one issue uh, it's amazing it's mind-blowing and now you see you have uh the former deputy speaker democrat pendra shivakula myself a republican committeeman 
lifetime Republican. We're, we're on this issue. We agree 100% because it's common sense. Well, wait, Benny, let me ask you real quick. Are you going to vote for Bernie? Uh, well, let me tell you something. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am not hope. This is one of the reasons I'm doing this. I, I want to get the word out to my Republican brethren. I am hoping. I am praying. If they need me, I will beg them. For God's sakes, wake up and get see this idea. Because once they see it, whoever does this, I'll say it again. Whoever picks up on this idea will be the is the decisive issue will literally change the election. Someone in the middle of the pack could literally overtake the top candidates with this one issue. It pulls it at 89, 80 and 90%. It's that powerful because it solves the, whole, the, the, the economic issue of the day, income inequality. Well, here's the thing. Assuming that nothing changes and Bernie, by especially, I mean, this is what I, I was, go, I think as well, but you guys kind of clarify, is the closest to this and and the government, especially at the federal level, seems to be more on like an iterative change, right? You have to get somebody to just start. Cre- if he's the closest and nothing changes, would you vote for him? Or well, uh, listen, I, I I I admire him. I think he's bringing up a lot of good issues. The system is corrupt. Uh, we have crony capitalism now. We like to call it concentrated capitalism, where now eighty uh, percent of the capital wealth is owned by by 20% of the people, when we get to a point where it's not uh, 10% own 90%, we literally are back to a feudalistic society mm-hmm. that, that Washington and Jefferson, that they fled Europe to get away from that. Mm-hmm. We're getting closer and closer to that. However, because of his, I, he's right on this issue. But unfortunately, like we say in the book, when you go all the way to socialism, you, yeah. you're going too far. You, yeah. You go off the cliff because what is he doing? He's now empowering the government. Right. Not pri- that's the big that's the bright line we have to understand here, Chris, mm-hmm. is we are talking about power to the people, power to the private enterprise, not empowering the state. Um, many of your top uh, radio talk shows, they talk about what they call it a statist status. We are not advocating that. Mm-hmm. We want private capital in the private hands, which is what our founding fathers wanted, which is what Lincoln wanted, which is what uh, Bernie wants and Ronald Reagan wanted. But but, we, we, you know, if Bernie kept it just to that issue, that'd be great. But unfortunately, right. you have to buy, he, you know, it's all the other stuff that goes along with it right. that is proven not to work. History shows socialism and communism does not work. Isn't. And again, you guys are the experts here. So just pardon my ignorance. But. Isn't a lot of, say, like, I don't know, Denmark, Norway, a lot of the countries that are seem to be amazing, aren't they socialist? Look at their unemployment rate. I, I don't I honestly don't know. That's why I'm look at, I'm... Look at their GDP. Look at their GDP. It's 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 it's, it's there's the productivity. If you look at it, you know, they have uh, a lot. The number of uh, hours in a day and number of days in a, a month or a year, they are working a lot less than American workers mm-hmm. are working very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't think they're getting all the benefits. I think what we are saying is that capitalism mm-hmm. is working because yes. anybody, you know, there's no starting point. Wherever you start and if you have the right ideas, right uh, uh, circumstances, you could become a multimillionaire, a billionaire in this country. Gotcha. And but what what we're saying is that not not everybody has that kind of innovation uh, ability, and so we should encourage all the people to be uh, as long as they're uh, putting uh, productive time towards growing the company, they should be part owners of that company. I think right. that's what we're saying. Yeah. And uh, we're not talking about 
the giving money to the people, but they have to work. Yeah, they have to earn it. Sure. And in addition to earning the wages, they have to be rewarded with the part of the company. Yes, yes, yes. Chris, it really comes down to three choices, and they're on our website, the thirdwaybook.com. There's really only three choices. Either you're going to have either one is a redistribution welfare state. The second is, which we're we're barreling towards, which is a plutocracy ruled by the rich or a feudalistic society, or the third way which is a broad-based inclusive capitalism. It's one of those three choices. Um, the first two are really bad. Right. So walk through something with me here real quick, because I, this is one of the things I always, I, I don't want to say get confused about or, or just wonder how we're going to solve it. But so oftentimes people talk about, you know, the government being wasteful. I, I live in DC. I have friends who work for the government. I'm not going to go into it, but the government is wasteful and nobody has to, you know, whatever it just is. Okay. Yes, it's yes. not nearly as efficient as a corporation, sure. but there is a value. Say there are things that the government does that corporations won't do. For example, uh, when we, I always use the example when we went to the moon, like, that that didn't have any it didn't we didn't see a an ROI and we couldn't predict what the the technological advances that would come from that okay or um the military right like we put so yeah. much money into the military and then you have republicans who are saying like we need to strengthen it and how obama is weakening us because he's taking money from it and he's pulling troops out and all this stuff and i just wonder like how does your plan um how, how does it relate to the issue of, you know, a smaller government? But I just worry because I think I'm for it. And look, I'm still forming my opinions and nobody here really cares what my opinion is anyways. But it's like we still need the government to fill the potholes on the road, get yeah, the schools yeah. in working condition, keep the country safe, explore yeah. new, te you know, so if we put too much money in the hands of people and I'm not saying that's what you're advocating for. I'm just going to the extreme. And then they spend it on, I don't know, clothes or something or, you know, whatever, or they just hoard it. How does that how does that work? Or did you address that at all? Well, I, I think the, one, one of the important points I want to make about the government is that, uh, you know, people, everybody says we don't want government, but all, they all benefit from it. Whether they're collecting, <laughs> exactly. They're getting Medicare, you're getting healthcare programs, whatever it is, they are benefiting. Whether the state government, local government, they're all benefiting from that. And uh, the 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 key here is that uh, there is a role for government. That's for the first first thing. Yeah. What we are saying is that uh, government is collecting taxes, whether the IRS or the state government, they are collecting uh, taxes. And if we can create uh, and uh, create incentives for the corporations, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so that way they can share that the growth of the company and the wealth of the company with their employees. And it's not something like, you know, it depends. You know, I don't think uh, a lot of it is going to be in the form of, uh, you know, 401k plans. And there are restrictions in terms of uh, at what age you can withdraw and how much you can withdraw. So there are, it's not like, it's like a slush fund that people are handing out so that they can go and shop at Macy's or other stores. Okay. I think what we are saying that we are, we have to educate the people also that, uh, what the uh, rich people know that the poor people or middle class uh, don't know. Good. And, go, Peter, go. <laughs> I, 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 that's very important. We have to provide that education and say, look, you know, there is a way. This is a path for mm -hmm. you to create the wealth. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, not every, you know, if you are foolish and you want to 
throw it away. And I think most of the people are very smart. I mean, they're not going to uh, throw it away. I think they're going to take this opportunity. People are looking for this type of uh, opportunities to grow their wealth. And a lot of them don't have. They don't know where to look to. And they look to the unions. And unions have uh, been struggling in terms of a lot of the uh, challenges they face in terms of they're, they're pushing for minimum wage increases and things like that. But I think we, we need to think about ownership. And yes. that is what we are... Uh, uh, advocating for and I think uh, that is not going to uh, I think that is going to make more people millionaires yeah. right uh, and Chris let me you, you say you're on the fence I'm going to convince you and your listeners right now and the word is human nature and we address this very powerfully in the book human nature you must work and this is what the founders understood this is where checks and balances came from if you work with human nature versus against it you will always succeed. The reason we're in trouble now is because we are lost. We've forgotten the lessons of history. We've forgotten the wisdom of our founding fathers. When you work with human nature, and, and that's where ownership comes in, no one will ever take care of you and your wealth better than you will yourself. Let me give you an analogy. Chris, have you ever taken your rental car to a car wash? Of course <laughs> not. Right. Of course not. When you stay in a hotel room, you treat it the same as you do your own house? I don't. I throw the towels on the floor, okay? I don't make my bed, just to give you a, an example. So when you, and these are obviously, now, in the extreme example, look at communist China and Mao Zedong. We address this very, very powerfully in the book. Uh, people may have heard of what was called the Cultural Revolution. What was the cultural, quote unquote, cultural revolution? Mao believed that he could literally reshape people's human nature and have them uh, want to give of themselves to the state and not think of their own needs. Unfortunately, it was a catastrophic mistake. Literally millions of people died. Uh, and look at the old Soviet Union um, where people, you know, eventually what happens is if you're working really, really hard, and I'm not, and we're getting the same wage, eventually you say, what am I knocking myself out for? I might as well do, be like someone, be like uh, the other person. And so eventually everyone just starts t looking after themselves, taking care of themselves. And pretty soon you had situations where they weren't producing enough food. People were starving to death. Uh, so it doesn't work. This idea of um, this utopia, and let me tell you something. When anyone promises you some kind of utopia, run the other way. And we say this idea works. Nothing's 100%. But let me tell you, it is by far the best and greatest idea, the best evolution that man can come up with in terms of political and social evolution. And because you're working with human nature, not against it. It's what our founders knew. It's what Lincoln knew. It's what uh, many of our greatest people in history knew. We need to rediscover that and, and, and bring common sense back and have common sense in public policy, that would change everything for the better and solve income inequality permanently. I want to mention this, you know, you said uh, I'm on the fence. I'm actually not on the fence in this, <laughs> in this specific issue or in what you guys are saying. I, I, again, like I'm no scholar, economist, historian. So I go off of kind of what we've talked about and I'm going to yes. get emails from people that say, Oh, you didn't ask him this. And that's just not what I'm here for. So I'm trying to do the best I can. But, I, I, listen, I understand. We, we like, we like the challenge. Yeah. yeah so, so no, I, 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 I actually really like the idea. And, and personally I worked for Prudential for six years, but one of the best companies I've ever worked for, they had an employee stock purchase plan. That was incredible. The most money I've ever had was when I left that there, 
um, and I had been donating, not donating, but um, investing in that for about four years, I had built up a, a good amount of money, which allowed yeah. me to take time off and build two businesses. Yes. Which, so it, I I see this in action and I don't think I understood it then. I just, I was a finance major and said, this makes sense. I'm going to put as much as possible into it. Sure. Um, wh- what I was talking about is more really almost this frustration, right? Because let me, let me make this point and let you guys explain or, you know, Tell me about it, what you think. So um, I don't know of many people who would say we shouldn't cut out tax loopholes. I think it's one of those things that everybody agrees with. But in the same way, I recently heard the statistic that the vast majority of Americans support stricter gun laws. Now, they don't actually want to get rid of guns, but the vast majority of people say we need stricter gun laws. The reason it's not happening is because of lobbyists and the power and influence of the NRA and 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 gun lobbyists, right? In the same way, I feel like that's what I get I struggle with here is like I don't see many people saying this is a bad idea or at least this is worse than what we currently have. Don't, they don't even know if that's the problem. Not only did not only did the the, the, the elected officials, it's not on their radar screen. That's what we're doing this. We okay, are- but talk about, but but think about the tax loopholes specifically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why hasn't that happened yet? And it has to be because of the power in the few, in the hands of the few and the rich. How do we change that? Because it's almost, I just sometimes feel like, and this is what the, the Occupy movement came from, like, there's nothing we can do. They have too much power. Let me, let me give you an example, Chris. If there are two lines, let's say they're equal length, and how do you make one line longer than the other line without uh, using the eraser? You make it thinner? No, you make one of the lines, uh, make it a little bit big, uh, longer. <laughs> uh, so that what we are saying <laughs> is that, what you are saying is that you are, uh, we will not, we're not, we're not be able to, uh, you know, address this income inequality in you know, overnight. It's going to take some time, long sure. time. And uh, the billionaires, the million millionaires, they continue to exist. But what we are saying, advocating for, is that we need to create more millionaires mm-hmm. and through employee ownership. And I think uh, anyway, they got all these presidential candidates. They are advocating for tax cuts. And uh, yeah, the Republicans uh, go for tax cuts, and Democrats say, "Oh, we want to increase. Uh, you know, that should tax cuts should benefit the poor and the middle class." And so, what we are saying is that, uh, you know, when you give the tax cuts, make sure that those tax cuts go to the employee employee ownership companies, so that way they use that tax cuts to directly pass it on to the employees. Yes, and that that is that's what the message is, and. Uh, you know, there is going to be, it's not an easy thing to, there are going to be people, uh, naysayers about this idea. They are going to say, well, they, you know, this is a give a, a corporate a tax giveaway. The corporations are going to give it to their law top management. Right. I thought that so, too. <laughs> yeah. We, but not, not, not if it's written, not if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's handled properly. properly. Yeah. It's handled properly. Right. I think you know, IRS code, tax code is there. IRS is overseeing. Uh, when they are deducting those tax, uh, getting the tax incentives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense too because we have such we 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 do this stuff all the time with our tax code, right? I mean, sure, there sure. are a billion different things you can do. So it's essentially let's trim it down and make this one of the main focuses with the corporate. All tax the code. candidates are advocating for a simpler tax code, right? I mean, that is why I mean that 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 means you are going to be eliminating many of the 
loopholes. I right. think that's the key, eliminating the loopholes, but making sure whatever cuts, tax cuts you are giving are going to the right places. You know, right. They have to be earmarked for that particular purpose. Mm -hmm. Yes, great point, Pendra. In other words, what we're saying, and it has been advocated by uh, distinguished Professor Joseph Blasey um, on many of the media outlets was, and we agree with him, is yes, there are legitimate deductions and legitimate tax, uh, you know, uh, benefit tax uh, credits that can be given, but this is the most important one. As a matter of fact, we believe this should supersede all other deductions. In other words, if you if you don't have some form of shared capitalism and equity sharing, that should be the prerequisite for getting any other deductions. Hmm, interesting. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, like basically, Chris, uh, you know, in, in general, the idea in general, uh, this is not a small idea. This is a very, very big idea because we have to move to something like this because technologically is driving everything. Right. We, bench, we, we currently have an 18th century economic model in a 21st century world. Mm -hmm. and, and if you go to our website, thethirdwaybook.com, you'll see in the research tab, there's also two tabs. One is an action step tab where people can literally take action. We've literally given them sample letters where they can write their elected representatives, how they can contact the media, exactly what to do. People can be an army of one. We've made it really easy for them. But we also show them... The, the simple data and the charts, one of the charts, which I believe, and many have said, uh, it was, was developed by Lewis Kelso and his wife, Patricia Kelso, which were the founders of the, of the movement that today has nearly 15 million people uh, and, and just in the United States across the world. They, there was a chart that I believe in the field of economics is as important and powerful as E equals MC squared was in the field of physics. It's that powerful. And it shows this at the dawn of our uh, republics in 1776, coincidentally, that also many believe was the dawn of the Industrial Revolution, 90% of productive power came from labor, 10% from capital. And there's almost a straight line graph, they've charted this out, to now in the, in the, in the 21st century, in the year 2000 and beyond, 90% of productive power is coming from capital, 10% from labor. And that continues to accelerate. Today, Chris, there's more power in each person's cell phone it would put a man on the moon. Oh yeah, and that's not going to stop. Yeah, no, that that doesn't. Those statistics don't surprise me at all. Yeah. So, so if you don't understand, there's, you know, if you don't understand what's driving this inequality, the millionaires and billionaires understand they have to own capital. Technologically driven, income-producing capital is where the future is. We have to real. The reason there's such unrest is we've literally decoupled labor from capital. Mm -hmm. It's like ripping a bed sheet apart. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we wrote it's on the cover of our book. And it took us a long time before we put the word revolution, reform or revolution. It's that serious. Mm -hmm. And to, to put that word on the book took a lot of thought. But we're it's that grave. If you don't do something very similar to what we're saying, which is broad based property ownership, the, the, the two labor and capital if you don't relink them together with with some intelligent public policy, you will literally rip society apart. We're already seeing it on the streets of our inner cities. And the middle class is really upset. They don't understand what's happening to them, but they are being massacred mm -hmm. because of of tectonic forces that are driving this. Absolutely. You know, Chris, one, uh, you know, there was a statement by Treasury in the uh, U.S. Treasury in the year 2000 uh, regarding the pension policies. They say that... Uh, the aim of the national policy 
in this area should be to ensure equitable distribution of pension benefits. So all we are saying is that change the, uh, replace the words pension benefits to incentive-based pay. Yeah. And uh, the statement would apply. I think that is what we are advocating in this book. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. This has been enlightening. I, you know, I anticipate some emails and feedback, and I'll be sure to let you know. Uh, again, the book is The Third Way. Is there anywhere else that you want to guide our listeners? I know we mentioned the website a few times. Any Anything else that you want to let them know? I think the ESOP Association has a link. You know, I think they should also visit the uh, the website of the ESOP Association, okay. ESOP. Yeah. And that's important. Also, we have a, a companion book, uh, you know, authored by uh, Professor da, jo- Joseph Blasi. Uh, it's called The Citizen Share. Yes. And I think that's also a good read, but it's more for academia. But I think the thoughts about what our founding fathers taught, mm. uh, thought about, about ownership. And uh, we, uh, many museum and I have, myself, you know, we wanted to bring it down to a common person so that way, you know, not everybody is uh, economists. I think we wanted to put in the uh, terms uh, people can understand. Yeah. And uh, yesterday, the other day when I was on the radio and then my my wife's friend's mother listened to it and so they, he makes sense. Maybe <laughs> she was telling her daughter to go buy the book. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I mean. Pay attention to this issue. Do your own research. Uh, come up with the questions. And uh, Vinny and I myself are open to any questions. And uh, we can, you know, through the website, you can send us some, uh, uh, you can communicate with us with the, the third way, with the number three, the thethirdwaybook.com. And you can send us some uh, questions. And uh, do you want to give an email address? Or, uh, yeah, well, no, it's every, everything Everything Dependra said is on the website. All of our partners are on there. Sure. We even have the consultants, uh, the top consultants in the in the country. That if a, if a business wanted to do that, they can show them literally show them how to how to do that. Um, it's a win win for the business. Um, and 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 the 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 trade associations, the two one in Washington and one out in California. If someone wants to know where to go to work for a company like this, you can contact them. Everything's on the website. We tried to make it as simple and user-friendly as possible. Literally, it's crashed three times. We've been inundated with people interested in this, and we literally just got started. We literally just got started. This is literally going to, um, and I said, Chris, any media outlet that gets on this, this is, you want ratings? Believe me, people are desperate to hear this message. <laughs> we want uh, Donald Trump to listen to this message also. <laughs> yeah. Well. Not all this focus on this, uh, terrorism, but also talk about some economic issues that are affecting the middle class and the poor class. Wow, yeah, man. We're, we'll, we'll have to make we'll, we'll have to make Donald we'll Trump another episode, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right guys, well thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate your time. Okay. okay. Thank Very you, Chris. All right, thanks so much for your time. Great questions. Really right. good. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. All righty. Bye bye. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Upendra and Venny. Remember their book, The Third Way, Economic Reform or Social Revolution, The Solution to Income Inequality, Building Inclusive Capitalism Through Employee Ownership, How Wealth is Created, Oh Boy, That Was a Doozy, can be found on Amazon or at your local bookstore. And if you do decide to purchase it on Amazon, please do not forget to use the Smart People Podcast Amazon link located at smartpeoplepodcast.com. 
com slash Amazon. If you're looking for other free, easy ways to support the show, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and leave a rating and review over there. It truly does help out the show. Only takes a couple minutes to do so. And we are very, very appreciative for every single review we receive. So thank you. The holidays are quickly approaching, so I hope everybody gets an opportunity to spend some time with some friends, family, loved ones, whoever that may be. And you just get the opportunity to reflect on 2015 and start to look forward to 2016. Our best of 2015 episodes are coming up the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned for those. And we will see you all after the new year. Thanks again to the online education gurus over at Creative Live for sponsoring today's episode. Creative Live offers great online classes that help people enhance or dig into new skills like photography, design, music production, and business savvy. You can watch classes in their massive online catalog. There's always something streaming for free. Go to creativelive.com slash smartpeople for 20% off any of Creative Live's classes. That's creativelive.com slash smartpeople. Join millions of students from around the world and make your living doing what you love.